Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1420 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer on AM 1320 as well as over the internet at 1320thedrive.com. Joining me today in studio is Walter Silva of WJFD FM 97.3 as well as the Portuguese Times. And uh, last night, if you missed it, the Revs are coming off a 2-1 loss to Kansas City Wizards, a very disappointing loss. Uh, they, they really came out and, and really dominated the early possession and had two great chances that they blew uh, Within the first five minutes, they should have been 2 two nothing up with the chances they had, but they didn't take their chances, and it really came back to haunt them. Uh, it's true. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, first of all, and uh, always a pleasure to be talking about soccer, and especially the Revolution. Uh, it's true. The uh, Revolution came out uh, playing very well, and they missed uh, a few good chances, uh, especially the one uh, with Taylor Twelman all alone with the goalie. Uh, and uh, at that type of soccer, if you don't score, you're going to get scored on. And that's what happened. Uh, the Revolution had a very first good half, uh, but uh, in the second half, uh, seems that a few players were getting a little bit tired. Uh, I noticed that Joe Francini was beatly bad on on, this, on the first goal, uh, and on the second goal too, the defense didn't do too good, on special on the side of the Joe Francino. Uh, I think the coach took a little bit longer to do a few moves on on his on his players, and Joseph too. Joseph seemed a very tired player uh, in the second half, and he played the whole 90 minutes. Uh, I think it's a ritual already of uh, Steve Nichols uh, taking uh, Jose Cancelo out at the 15-minute mark of the second half, and it seems to be going on uh, game in and game out. And I think yesterday, uh, Steve and the coach and staff uh, made a little bit of a mistake and not uh, not taking Francino early out of the game and Joseph. Yeah, a few, a few of the things I was surprised at was uh, Leonard had been doing uh, pretty well at the start of the season at left midfield, especially when Ralston had been in there. And uh, Leonard seemed to be perfectly healthy for this game, but he opted to start Joe Francino over him, the, the captain. And Francino seems to have played, be playing better at left back than on left midfield. He hasn't really seemed to have the speed to, to really play the left midfield spot as well as he should be able to. Exactly. Uh, I think Joe Francine is a very good defenseman. Uh, but uh, like you said, Le- uh, Marshall was playing very well. And I think he deserved the spot uh, at left midfield. Uh, because I think he's got a fresher legs than, than uh, Joe Francino. Francino was out for a long time with an injury, and that takes a lot out of a player. And especially on that kind of heat yesterday, the first half, Joe Francino was up and down the wing, and he played a very solid first first half. I cannot, I cannot say the same for the second half. Yeah, I, I, I was noticing that too. He was playing a very good second ha- first half, and then the second half, his play tampered off. Cancela getting subbed out. I thought he was playing a, a a pretty good game. He created the great chance. Uh, the second chance the Revs had was set up by him. The one Dempsey had that shot right at the goal, and he, he was creating several good chances. I thought for the Revs, and he, had, he also had a great shot that uh, Oshini had to parry wide with the diving save. But but they took him out, and uh, Kano Smith, who hasn't really been playing very well recently, he had a, a good couple first games, but 
Uh, he's played 14 games, and out of the 14 games, I'd say he had three good games and 11 games that haven't been so good. And uh, in the Open Cup game Wednesday, especially, he had a pretty bad game with taking shots from... He would get the ball, and he would shoot from 30 yards out and shoot it high, and uh, he doesn't seem ready at this point. He's a young player. He doesn't seem quite ready at this point to be playing at this level. Uh, maybe a few more games, and he'll be there, but when you're, when you're, when you're tied 1-1 at that point, I don't think Cancelo is the guy you want to take out. Uh, that's right. Uh, I agree with you, Sean, because uh, with uh, what Cancela brings into the midfield of New England, he brings a lot of creativity, and he's a very creative player. So you take uh, Jose Cancela out, and, and you lose a lot uh, creative uh, creativity in, on, on the midfield. So uh, having Cancela coming out every time, and Kano Smith and uh, I'll tell you, I've seen Keno Smith for a few games already, and he has not impressed me. Uh, I don't think he's the player that the Revs need up front. I think uh, taking Pat Newman, when Pat Newman is not playing, I don't think the Revolution will have a substitute yet for Pat Newman. And uh, it didn't bring anything to the Revolution. I understand he, need, he needs a forward. And another player that's uh, it's not playing to his uh, potential is uh, Clint Dempsey. Clint is not the same Clint Dempsey that played uh, last season uh, through, through all the season. Uh, he's been having his ups and downs this year. Uh, maybe the pressure of being on the national team is getting Yeah, he, he really started off the season uh, the best he'd ever been playing. And then uh, after his national team time, usually players come back from the national team uh, with that experience and start playing better. But his, his play hasn't seemed to have been as good. Uh, and then Bruce Arena here talking about him saying, Kind of, kind of putting down the way he played with the national team after some good performances, and then really the culmination of that was the final of the Gold Cup, where really he didn't have a good performance, and he played kind of like Bruce Arena had been talking about him playing. But, but I think I think possibly Bruce Arena has gotten to his head with some of the comments he's been saying about him. Probably, probably because when you when you have some of those young players that cannot take the the pressure of being uh, superstars, uh, sometimes it gets to them. And it could be a it could be a factor on on Clint Dempsey. Uh, let, let me tell you something. Uh, I saw Clint Dempsey play for the first time in Portugal. His very first game for the Revolution was played in uh, Azores Islands of San Miguel, uh, and I saw them saw Clint Dempsey play. And I told a few uh, friends of mine that were there, like Frank Delapa and Gus Martins. And I told them that the revolution had a very good choice of taking their kid because uh, it, the first game it, it felt like to him that he was like playing for the revolution for ten seasons already, and he he was he was the brightest spot and and uh, for the whole team uh, in the Azores. Uh, so we saw a, a superstar emerging at, from there from there on, uh, but he impressed me last season a lot. This season is not impressing me as much uh, because of um, probably because of the pressure of being in a national team. Uh, he's a young player. He doesn't have a, uh, enough experience of the uh, superstars like uh, Landon Donovan that's been all over playing in Europe. So I, I feel that uh, the, rev the revolution itself, the, uh, the whole team itself, is not playing as well as they did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, uh, really, uh, even a guy like Steve Ralston, the veteran, um, he didn't have one of his best games last night. He obviously was coming off the injury, and that could have had an effect, but uh, the, the team at the beginning of the season were playing great. They were playing 
very attractive soccer. They were dominating games, and they really seemed like this is the team that's definitely going to win MLS Cup. But now, over the past six games, they've only come out with five points and really struggling at the midseason. They're still on top of the Eastern Conference, thanks to Chicago also having some struggles recently. But if they, if they don't pick it up soon, then they're not going to be staying where they are right now. The, the division has gotten a lot closer at this point. Uh, with, they, they, with the teams really only like six points back that are coming up and if they keep playing like this, it wouldn't be unheard of to say that they would fall out of the playoff picture. Uh, exactly, because if you look, uh, Metro Stars is on fifth place with 29 points. They seven points off first place New England Revolution, even though New England Revolution has one less game than the Metro Stars and two less games than Chicago. But uh, it, it, it's not that great when you, in the last six games, you got five points. And uh, the loss, I think the loss Wednesday night, too, must have had an effect on the team. I, I don't care if they play uh, uh, a second division team or they play the, the Chicago team that played with their reserves. Uh, and Revolution 2 used their reserves. But a, a team needs to be winning all the time. And if, if they were the one on Wednesday night, uh, is another win on the day they, they wing. So they need to win, keep winning, so they show everybody that they are a serious com uh, team that want to go into the MLS Cup winning every game. Exactly. Chicago came out and, and they had the right attitude going into the Open Cup game. They started all their starters, uh, except for Chris Armas, they rested one player. And uh, the Revs, you saw, they rested six starters, and then at halftime they took out about three more of them, and then by the end of the game there was only one normal starter out there. And, and it was really a shame to see that they... I kind of gave up the Open Cup and hoped to have rested players for the game against Kansas City, and then they ended up losing the game against Kansas City. And Kansas City was a team that also took the Open Cup the same way as Chicago, uh, in which they played all their starters except for their goalie, uh, Bo Oshini. They played Will Hesmer instead, and they came up won that game. And, and really it was a shame to see that the Revs, now not only are they out of the Open Cup because they chose that, but they also ended up losing the game on Saturday. So that, so really, they had a great chance of winning the Open Cup. All they would have had to win was four games, uh, and, and now they lost the chance of that, and now uh, they're still struggling in MLS despite resting those players. Uh, I believe, Sean, that uh, every tournament uh, a team enters is to win. Uh, don't matter if it's uh, just a tournament on, on, uh, on uh, one day, uh, you play to win. And I think uh, Steve Nichols uh, has given a chance to the younger players to play. They have, uh, they, they've been having a chance to play on the reserve team. When it's a serious competition, I think the team deserves, or the fans deserves a little more than that. Uh, you have to go f out all the time uh, to win. And I'm sure you wanted to win, but when you, when you put your reserves, like you said, at the end of the game, they only had one starter uh, in, in, in the game. So that means that Steve Nichols wanted to rest the, the players for, for this coming, this coming uh, Saturday, the past Saturday game against Kansas City. And, and two, um, Stevie Ralston, talking about Stevie Ralston, uh, I've seen Stevie Ralston, he's not a, in very good shape right now, being out on it with the injury for a little while. Uh, can hurt a player like Stevie uh, because I know Stevie that he is at his best when he plays close to the wing, close to the 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 the, the, the line, and he, he goes from the line and he makes a lot of crosses. In the second half yesterday, he hardly did that. He was close to uh, Taylor Twelman. He was going in too much into the middle of the field. He was crowded in the middle of the field. And he was given, uh, given no space for Keno Smith and, and Taylor Twalman. So for that, 
uh, it was crowded in the, the, mid, the middle of the field and the Taylor Twelman and Kendall Smith was not getting the crosses from Stevie Russell and he's an expert on that and I, I think part of the problem there was Fantino had been so really ineffective that they put more pressure on Ralston because that's where more of their attacks were starting to come from and really shut off him and uh, we have Steve Nichols' post-game press conference that we can play for you now and then, uh, at, at, then we have Daniel Hernandez in the next segment coming up and then we can talk a little bit more about the Open Cup game as well as that game but right now we have uh, Steve Nichols' post-game comments on that game that we can play for you. Yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, you know, first half we played some, I thought we played some great stuff. Against a team like Kansas, you're always, you know, unless you take your chances and, and uh, when you're on top, take advantage of it, you know, they're always liable to, to bite you. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's really what happened for us. You know, first half I thought we uh, we should have deservedly been ahead, uh, but we weren't. Uh, and we've, we've eventually paid for it. I mean, if, the first goal we lose is, you know, a real second. You know, we... It's a ploy to use all the time. It's a ploy that we've spoken about to watch for, uh, and to be caught with it is, is um, you know, it's not, it's not real. It's not good. Nah, we don't. You know, we don't. We don't. Individually, we don't pull people out. You know, at the end of the day, it's a team game. You know, if, if the balls, if the first pass is stopped before it starts, then the second one doesn't happen. But at the same time, when you, when you, you know, you, you basically, it's one of the things they do. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not like they've, they've, they've surprised us. Uh, so that's, it's disappointing to lose the first goal the way we did. Zach, finishing, finishing, finishing. The past couple of weeks, saying it needs to get better, needs to get better. Is this just kind of the culmination of wasted chances? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we, we can't have any complaints with some of the stuff we played tonight. You know, I thought we, we, we had some great passing movements uh, and we got the ball, you know, wide. We probably want to, want to try and get it wide more, but we just couldn't get the, the finishing touch on things uh, and we really paid for it. As I said, the, you know, a team like Kansas, you give them a goal, you know, it just gives them heart and, and they're a team that breaks on you. I mean, you know, we get if we get a nose ahead, it's a different ball game. They have to come out, they have to leave holes, um, but... We can take advantage of the, of the pressure we had, um, and if you don't, what happens tonight is, is exactly what happens there. So you're talking about the, the first goal, uh, you'll play with three at the back, are you saying that, that you, you've got some, you know, some No, not at all. No, I mean, the, the, the play you scored with on the first goal is something we've spoken about. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a ball we play a lot. Uh, we shouldn't have been surprised by it. But, I mean, if you're playing a three at the back, that's how a team's going to try to attack you. Is that what you're... No, not at all. No, not at all. We, we, we said it was going to happen, and, and that's what happened. We had, three guys on, we had three guys against one guy, and we still let it happen. So, you know, the numbers, there's, there's nothing to do with it. We, we fell asleep on it. We got punished. Do. Are you sensing any frustration on the team, or is the morale still where you'd like it? 
Absolutely, I. No, everybody's frustrated that we didn't win tonight. But we got another game on Wednesday. How big is it to have a couple of guys uh, back from the Concap Gold Cup? Well, I think I think the first half showed that you know getting some uh, getting some guys back really settled us down, and uh, we were able to to play some good some good soccer. I thought we played some excellent stuff in the first half, uh, but we never we never capitalised. You know, when you when you're on top, you really need to get your goals uh, and make your dominance tell. Uh, especially again, as I said, a, a team like Kansas City, you know, they're, they're dangerous on the break. That was head coach Steve Nichol on the post uh, post game comments on the game last night when they lost two one to Kansas City. Uh, really, I thought that performance. Uh, really, they need to get better for Wednesday game against Real Salt Lake. Uh, they lost to the U.S. the expansion team, and they they really cannot underestimate this game coming up Wednesday. It's a great opportunity to bounce back and uh, get back on the winning track. Exactly, uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, don't forget, uh, Sean, that they have. Uh one uh, one or two players from the New England Revolution, and they're gonna come here and they're gonna give her go all out. So they had they had Chris Brown, uh, Andy Williams, Rusty Pierce, Brian Candler, exactly. uh, Brian Dunseth, several players that played in the Revolution. Exactly. So that comes that comes a time that uh, when you play against your old team, you won uh, you wanted to win bad, and so the Revolution has got to be very careful because they're coming out of two losses, and the two losses always will be the back of the mind of. Uh, as they won it or not, uh, it will always in the back of your mind, you lost the last two games. So they're going to have to be very careful coming on coming on to Wednesday's game because uh, Real Salt Lake uh, is looking for to to try to get in the playoffs and uh, a win uh, or one point uh, in uh, in Gillette Stadium will be good for Real Salt Lake. And one guy who they'll have coming back in the lineup is Jay Heaps. Uh, I think it's to be said that they missed them. That they missed Jay Heaps last night. Uh, he's really been one of the players that's played every game up until that. And we have the yellow card suspension for that game. And uh, I think it'll be a great boost to them to get him back for that game. I think so because uh, uh, Jay Heaps has been. Uh, uh uh, very good playing that position and playing with uh, on three defensemen. Jay Heaps is a very experienced defender, uh, but I don't think New England lost because of uh, uh, the loss of Jay Heaps last Sunday, last Saturday. I think uh, Riley played a very sound game uh, and he did a very, a very good job uh, at right defense. Right defense, and uh, Jay Heaps was missed because he's experienced back there and he's very good up in the air. Uh, and not only on defense, but also on the offense. When the revolution on, on corner kicks, on free kicks, uh, Jay Heaps is always up there, and he's a very good uh, header man. Uh, he goes very well. He goes up very good, and so uh, he, he was missed. But I don't think he did. the revolution lost the game because of uh, uh, Jay Heaps, uh, because like I said, Raleigh. Uh, Riley played a very good game at right defense. Yeah, R- Riley on Wednesday didn't have the best of games at right back, but I think that was really a ex- learning experience for him. And then coming to Saturday, he really looked a lot better out there, a lot stronger. And it looked like that, ex- that was one thing that maybe they could take out of the Open Cup game as a positive of him really improving a lot over that time period to, to play well on Saturday. Uh, exactly. Uh, w- one thing, too, uh, Sean, is that uh, Stevie Ralston uh, was not at his, his best. So uh, if if Stevie Russell was uh, uh, this best, you could see that uh, Riley would be even better because he could go up and up and down that line more often uh, if he had the help if he had the help of uh, uh, Stevie Russell. Well, we're gonna take a quick break here, and I'll be back with uh, the Revs' newest signing, Daniel Hernandez.
can't get enough of WARL? Of course not. Well, log on to our new website at www.1320thedrive.com. Learn more about our house. We feature articles from the Wild Bunch and Brett Franklin. And we're always broadcasting live on the Internet with our crystal clear live streaming audio, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So log on to www.1320thedrive.com, powered by Media Perspectives. Whether it's a major sports injury or that pain in your knee that's becoming more than just a pain in your knee, Coastal Orthopedics is with you every step of the way. The friendly doctors at Coastal Orthopedics will help get you back to a normal lifestyle. ACL rehabilitation, scoliosis, shoulder arthroscopy, knee ligament injuries, knee arthroscopy, rotator cuff injuries, to total knee replacement. Coastal Orthopedics has three convenient locations to serve you, two in Fall River and one in New Bedford. If you're an athlete with an injury, Coastal Orthopedics is your first choice for top quality care. And the doctors at Coastal Orthopedics understand you don't need to be an athlete to need the best in orthopedic care. So if you have an injury, think of Coastal Orthopedics, 235 Hanover Street and 1030 President Avenue in Fall River and 84 Grape Street in New Bedford. 508-646-9525. Coastal Orthopedics, with you every step of the way. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. In the Car Nose Picker. Mr. In the Car Nose Picker. For you, the daily commute isn't simply a drive to the office. It's a hands-on exploration deep into your schnoz. I'm going in now. With pinpoint accuracy and sheer determination, you dig for boogers like miners dig for gold. Hit the jackpot. And why do you do it? Because the windows are up and you think we can't see you. We can. How you doing? So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh nabber of the nose nugget. We'd like to shake your hand, but you'll have to wash it first. Mr. Bud Light Beer at Isaac St. Louis, Missouri. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Joining me today in studio is Walter Silva. And uh, over the phone now we have the Revolution's newest signing, uh, midfielder defender uh, Daniel Hernandez. Daniel, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. So uh, you, you started out uh, in MLS. You played on several teams, uh, Tampa Bay, Metro Stars, the Revs among them. And, and uh, then you went off to Mexico. How was, how was your experience uh, first in MLS? Oh, well, I think it was a, you know, a great starting point for me. Um, you know, start off a little slow, you know, being a rookie, went through all those, uh, ropes, and, um, I think it was something that, you know, like I said, it was a great, uh, stepping stone for me, and, um, I think that kind of led me into, you know, getting to Mexico, which I thought was, you know, a higher level, um, soccer league, and something that, that I think I needed as a professional to, to get to the experience. And uh, with with the Revolution, uh, you, your first season, uh, they made it all the way to the MLS Cup Final, and you played a big role in that. How was that experience uh, play, playing in that season and when the Revs won the Eastern Conference and then playing in front of such a big crowd at home for the MLS Cup Final? 
Right. Yeah, it couldn't have been any better that year. Um, you know, it was a tough transition uh, leaving New York that, you know, I was there for a couple of years and uh, doing well. And uh, when I got over to, to the Revs, um, you know, I, I think that the team, you know, we were struggling at the beginning when I first got here. Uh, but to turn things, you know, completely around and, and win the uh, the conference and go to the championship. And, I mean, it couldn't have been any better playing in, in Gillette Stadium with, you know, I think it was like 70,000 people. Um, I mean, that, you, you couldn't ask for anything anything better than that. And uh, I think it was a great experience. Unfortunately, we didn't win. Uh, but I think it was it was a great experience, and it couldn't have been turned out any better for me that year. And then the next year, uh, you stayed with the Revs for about half the season before uh, going off to Mexico. Uh, what went into that decision, and, and how was your experience down there with uh, Necaxa in Mexico? Well, I think uh, for a while, um, you know, Necaxa was interested in me. That I went down to train with them for a little while, and uh, they kind of kept their eye out on me. Uh, were interested in me, you know, all year. Um, and it just got to the point in the middle of the season where I wasn't a you know full-time starter here, um, you know. So I think it kind of gave an opportunity for me to kind of step away from the revs and um, you know try to try to try the Mexican League experience out for a little while. And uh, I think it just was a perfect perfect timing. Like I said, I wasn't you know a, a full-time starter at the revs at that point, and. Uh, you know, for me to be able to step over to to go play in Mexico, I think it was a great experience. And see, seeing the team now in the league, how much do you think the team has improved, and, and do you think the quality of the league has improved even in the, the few years that you've been gone? Oh, definitely. I mean, you see a lot of a lot of great players. Uh, a lot of the a lot of players that are moving up to the national team level, uh, doing well in the national team. Um, you can see them there. A lot of younger players. As you can see with the Revs, I mean, we have like I think four, you know, four or five players that that are playing with the national team. So, uh, and all those players, I don't think they were even, you know, even uh, considered in the national team pool when I left. So I think they've been doing a great job. And uh, as far as the level of of the MLS, I mean, it grows every year. I mean, the more years that that the MLS is involved and and it's going, it's going to get even better, and the younger players are going to get more experience. It's, it's just, I mean, that's all you can ask for to get experience. So um, I think as far as the Revs, I haven't been able to watch them much uh, being in Mexico, but I see that they've been doing really, really well this year and uh, been on top for most of the season. So, you know, it's a situation where I just want to come in and try to help and be a part of that. and. Uh, if there's anything that I can do, whatever I can do to, to, to try to take this team to the next level, because I see they've been done a, doing a great job without me um, so far. So I just want to try to, you know, take them to the next level and try to win the championship this year. Uh, Daniel, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, I spoke to you yesterday as you were coming out of the field. I'm Walter Silva. Yes. Uh, and I give you your welcome uh, Saturday. Uh, Daniel, we, I was always a fan of your kind of soccer. I know that Daniel likes to play that soccer, the ball, uh, pass the ball around, and let's move the ball forward right. between all our, uh, our, our team, uh, our teammates. Uh, when you left, uh, you did not agree with some of the tactics of Steven Nichols. Are you ready for tactics now? If he asks of you to play the ball forward first time, are you ready for this? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
you know, like I said, I think me being in Mexico, you know, I learned to be a professional. I think it was a great experience for me. I learned a lot, and uh, I've grown up a lot myself uh, in that aspect. Um, I think the situation when I was here, it's kind of blown out of proportion. I don't think it was as bad, you know, as what people thought it was. Um, and right now, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad to be here uh, with the Revs and try to win another championship. And um, you know, wh- whatever Steve uh, Nickel asks of me, I mean, I'm you know I respect that, and and I'm willing to to do that. I mean, I'm a pretty versatile player, I feel, and um, you know I can play a, a lot of different styles of soccer. So um, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And uh, again, you know, whatever Steve asks of me, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to do that and respect that. As you know uh, yourself, uh, Daniel, uh, Revolution's got a lot of midfielders. And I know Daniel has a, uh, he's a very good player, and I really lo- like the way Daniel plays. Uh, but on defense, they down, especially on center defense, they down to Parkhurst. Right. If Daniel is asked to play center defense, would you, uh, are you... Uh, Willing to to do that and go all out and get a spot to play in central defense? Yeah, I mean, like I, again, you know, the Revs they've been doing a great job, you know, without me. So, you know, I kind of have the feeling right now that I'm coming back in. I'm trying to win a spot. Um, you know, when I went over to Mexico, I knew I was going into a totally different league, a higher level league, and uh, amongst great players. And there was something I was having to fight for a job for every single day, you know, in practice. And that's something that I learned that I kind of had to stay on my toes and try to fight for that job every day. And, um, you know, I really didn't care if it was a, the midfield or, or playing in the back. You know, I just wanted to play. So uh, I think that's something that's helped me. And with that experience, it's something that, that I've grown up a lot. And, again, coming back to the revs, you know, whatever Steve uh, asked of me, if it's playing in the back or in the midfield, um, as of right now, from the talks that I've had with Steve, that it seems like uh, he has plans to play me in the midfield. But if he doesn't, like I said, you know, I'm I'm willing to fight for my job and try to win a starter position because I know the guys that have been here have been doing a great job, and I just want to try to get on the field and, and win that starter spot. Hey, welcome back, Daniel, and uh, let's get, get that MLS Cup to New England this year. Yeah, definitely. We've got to win it this time. And uh, w- when you're watching the team, for example, last night and a, in a game where it really seems like the team probably could have used you, is it tough to have to wait till the transfer window opens up to be able to play for the team? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's a tough situation because, you know, you never want to be on the sidelines watching uh, your teammates play. And, um, you know, but that's, it's just one of those things. Um and I've been off for a while anyway. Um, you know, I've been in off season, uh, coming from Mexico. So, you know, it's, it's not too bad of a situation. I can get in, in uh, you know, 100% form, uh, ready to play, you know, by the 15th. So, uh, you know, it's not such a bad situation because I know I need to, to get in 100% shape and, and be ready to play in the game. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough watching from the sideline, but again, you know, I'm just not getting here and, I'm coming from uh, off-season in Mexico, so it's kind of understandable for me. And at the same time, you know, I, I had to work with it. And at the same time, uh, the first game you'll be eligible for, uh, there's U.S. men's national team qualifiers, so likely a lot of the players will be missing. It'll be a perfect time for you to get yourself in the lineup and prove that you belong in the starting lineup. So at that, that with, with that in mind, does it also seem like a, a good situation to be in coming in that weekend? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, well, I don't. I don't think any any situation is good if you have a lot of your players missing. Um, you know, so I definitely would like to to play with this team when we're at our best. Um, you know, because I want to win games. So, you know, I don't think that's a, a great situation. The players are gone. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, I have to take whatever's given to me. If it's you know with with players gone and that's the opportunity for me to step in, then that's that's what I'll do. If they're here and I have to try to fight for for a starting spot, then that's that's what I'm going to do as well. Uh, Daniel, uh, it's good. I know it's not not your job to answer this question, but it's going to be a, a hot fought uh, for you to play in midfield, having the Cancela, Jose, uh, Joseph, Clint Dempsey, and uh, Stevie Ralston uh, in midfield. So one of them is going to have to come up at the middle because I know you don't play right or left uh, left wing. Right. So uh, it, it's between Clancy, uh, Clint. Dempsey, Joseph, and uh, Jose Cancela. So, uh, uh, do you have uh, an idea who's going to come up? Uh, tell you the truth, I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, I know Steve has plans for me to play in the middle. Um, all I can do is is try to get in in a hundred percent top form and and ready to play, uh, so I can win that position and, and be in there starting spot and and try to help this team win. Uh, as far as who will be playing next to me or who will be coming out, I have no idea. And, and uh, playing in the Mexico League, does it seem like uh, now this team is building more and more depth and has more and more competition for spots, do you think that's something that uh, with more deep rosters like teams in Mexico have, do you think that's something that uh, is a good thing for a team like New England in the league? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, like I said, uh, playing in Mexico is, you know, is totally different uh, uh, experience. Um, being there with the team that I was at, you know, we had like a 25, 26 man roster, uh, where every year, or every season, um, you know, you're fighting for, for a, a spot, not only, you know, the starting spot of every game, um, but you're trying to win a spot to, you know, just sit on the bench, you know, be, be an option for, to come off the bench. So, um, players are fighting every single day, um, uh, so I think the intensity of practices are, are, you know, a, a lot, lot more intense in Mexico. Um, you know, people are fighting for their job, um, and I think that pushes people a little more. Um, I think, from what I experienced him here in the MLS, you know, sometimes in practice you get kind of, kind of lazy, and you kind of go through the motions, and you know, wait for for every weekend to play your games. But um, I think that's something I learned in Mexico that um, with a big roster of players that they have. You know, you have so many great players fighting for that that spot to get on the starting spot or get on the bench even for every game. I think it helps the team tremendously. And um, again, as far as being here with the Revs, I don't know uh, the players a lot, especially um, you know the players that that are coming onto the bench. But you know, all I can say is that you know, hopefully, I can kind of bring that attitude a little bit to the team to try to push players to, to fight for, for them to get on the on the field and uh, hopefully that will help the team overall uh, you know a lot better Daniel uh, com- uh, comparing the MLS with the Mexican League w- w- would you would you say the MLS is uh, on one to five uh, MLS and uh, the Mexican League um, well I, I would say the MLS would be about a three and the, and the Mexican League about a four um you know, I think it's it's a step 
you know, above MLS, nothing taken away from MLS at all. Um, you know, because I, I think the MLS has grown uh, tremendously, and and I think there are even a lot more talented players here in the MLS at this at this time. Uh, but again, it's, it's hard to compare with a league like Mexico that's been around for a hundred years, and um, you know. But I think the MLS is is definitely, um, you know, on a, on a on a different page as far as uh, growing because I think they're catching up to Mexico, and you can see it in the national teams. Um, as far as the, the style of play, um, of course, Mex- of course, Mexico has a lot more, you know, technical players, a lot more passing. Um, you know, it's not as physical it is, as it is in the MLS. And I think playing in MLS, I think I, I use that, uh, that aspect of, you know, of physical play to my advantage playing over there because they don't play as physical. So I think it helped me a lot playing here in MLS going over to Mexico. Um, you know, but, and of course that atmosphere over there is just, is totally different. You know, you play in packed stadiums every, every weekend and, um, you know, people live and die for soccer, and you know, I think it's getting here. Even with the fans, not only soccer-wise and the players in the MLS, but I think the fans are uh, kind of learning the game a little better and and, and adjusting and feeling like they're part of the of, of soccer now, like they are in Mexico. And um, nothing at all to take away from MLS because I think it, it's been great and it's growing tremendously. But I think Mexico is still, you know, it's hard to compare that, you know, with a league that's been around so long. And, and with with that, you getting picked up by the Revs. Uh, there's been talk for about over a month now about uh, Colorado Rapids wanting to wanting to get you. And Fernando Clavillo talks about uh, you were one of the main players you wanted to sign. Uh, can you tell us how how it came down that you eventually ended up with the Revs after all this talk that you were headed to Colorado? Yeah, well, at the beginning, you know, all all I knew was also that you know I knew that. Fernando was interested in me, and and uh, you know I don't know Fernando personally, but you know I was excited to, about you know going uh, coming back to MLS first of all. Um, so you know as far as that point, I didn't know there was any process uh, with the MLS about coming back to the MLS. And uh, next thing I knew, um, you know they they kind of let me know that there was a process because I played with New England last when I left MLS that New England had the first rights to to resign me if they wanted so uh, you know I was excited about that because I knew you know the Revs were, were having a great season uh, you know I was comfortable here as far as playing wise and I knew I knew a lot of the players here um, so I, I was excited about you know that New England was able to resign me again uh, Daniel and uh, Mexico they don't have a, a salary cap do you? they do? Over here, they, we know we know they have a salary cap, but they they have one in Mexico. No, no. Every every team, you know, of course they have their budgets or whatever. But as far as a, as a league, or um, you know, there's really no such thing as a salary cap over Mexico. Do you think that's part of the reason why MLS hasn't caught up to Mexico League yet? Where you saw uh, several years ago, DC United really proved to be the best team in in the whole. Uh, region of North and South America winning the Inter-America Cup and the CONCACAF Champions Cup but recently uh, MLS teams haven't done as well in uh, some of the regional international tournaments yeah well I mean you know I think always you know m- money is, is a great motivator for anybody you know if you I think if you give them um, you know something that 
a player would you know really would be worth or something to to kind of award these players you know they're going to give you more in return you know so it's definitely an investment in all the players and I think um, when you see some players in MLS that are making you know close to a million dollars now half a million dollars you know and then I think you have as good a players or uh, you know very close to, to being the potential as those players are making you know four times five times less you know what those players are making it's, it's kind of kind of hard to motivate those players to, to give it give it their all so you know I know the money is out there um, I know MLS is trying to play pay their players a little more now uh, which is good because um, I think that's that's the best motivation that you can give a players you know paying what you know for rewarding them for, for playing and, and playing their hundred percent and you know, I think those players that are getting these big contracts now, I mean, that's good. That's good for them, you know, but I, I think they need to start doing it more with other players. Um, you know, and I, I think they'll see the the, uh, the reward from doing that. And, and with the Mexico League, you see, uh, as far as Mexican players, they seem to mostly stay w- within the Mexican League. Recently, you've seen Borghetti going to uh, uh, Bolton. But uh, more with American players, like Brian, guys like Brian McBride, Carlos Bocanegra, you see them all going overseas to take the pay raises. Do you think that now MLS is really putting more money out to get the big names like Landon Donovan and Eddie Johnson to stay? Do you think uh, that's a step in the right direction as well to keep some of the, the best uh, players from America in the American League? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, you see that in Mexico. That you, I mean, you said it exactly right, that most of the players stay in Mexico because they get the contracts that they want. You know, they make enough money to not to have to go to another country. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of players don't make, in, in Mexico, a lot of players don't make, you know, a million dollars, you know, three-quarter of a million dollars a year. I mean, they're not making that much, but they are making decent decent money um, you know and you don't see guys making you, you hardly see anybody making less than 100000 over there you know so I think that MLS is going in the right direction by paying these guys you know huge salaries like, like Landon Donovan and Eddie Johnson but again it's just it's too big of a, a space between those guys and guys that are making $75,000 you know and, and they're not that big a difference of players, you know, and, um, you know, I know when I left here, you know, I, I was, <laughs> if you compare, you would compare my salary to Landon or, or Eddie, I mean, you can't tell me those guys are eight, nine t- times better than than what I was, you know, and I just think it's a huge difference, you know, I think if there's a, you know, a boost in salary is going to motivate these players, but at the same time, you know, you don't have to give them those these million dollar contracts. You just need to give them something that they can live comfortable on. And and talking about uh, you coming into the Revs now, um, you see that back back when you were there, the, the central midfield partnership was really you and Leo Collin back when they made the championship run. Now that now that that central midfield has really changed and become uh, into a, th- a three man central midfield with Clint Dempsey, Shari Joseph, and Jose Cancela. Uh, what have you seen out of guys like Clint Dempsey, somebody who uh, also grew up in Texas and Someone who thinks his brother possibly played high school soccer with you. What have you seen out of an exciting young player like that that's gotten a place in the U.S. national team? And are you excited to be playing with guys like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always good to to be around, you know, East Texas uh, people that you know and, 
you know, and I, I've been kind of keeping up with him. I haven't been able to see him, you know, play a lot. And uh, I actually really didn't know Clint uh, very well growing up because he was a lot younger than me. But, uh, you know, I've seen the stuff that he's been doing, uh, you know, the accomplishments that he's been, you know, making as far as getting to the national team and, and doing well here with the Reds. So, um, you know, it's good to hear that he's doing well. Um, you know, so hopefully I'll be able to get in the spot around and play with him and, and uh, keep him in line because I know he's a younger player. <laughs> and uh, with, with the league now, um, you, you see some – but the league is really trying to keep uh, the, its best players in and bringing back more of the Americans. Uh, they brought, as we mentioned earlier, they brought back Landon Donovan for the million-dollar contract, and guys like Eddie Johnson are making near that now, it sounds like. Uh, and you were talking about uh, players making uh, much less than that. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, DC United, the thing that killed them was the cap with when all their players got, and the team did really well, all their players couldn't, they couldn't fit under the cap. Uh, do you see that as a problem possibly with this team with, how well they're doing and how many players they have with the national team possibly a uh, few years down the road that they won't be able to keep, su- keep such a good team together due to the cap? Well, you know, I, I assume it's going to be a problem. You know, uh, I know a lot of teams uh, work around the cap, and I know the MLS can work around the cap, you know, if they want to. Um, they have ways of doing that. Uh, you know, again, like you said, we I would have suspected that the, that the Revs would have a problem because we do have a lot of players that are with the national team and and they they deserve they deserve to get big contracts they definitely deserve to get big contracts you know but you know if it was my my choice it, it shouldn't be a problem it shouldn't be a problem to try to keep them around you know because I don't think it's uh you know it's a team that would just you know, we have such a big advantage over anybody else. I mean, it's a competitive team. It's a great team. But you can't say, oh, well, this team is just, you know, above and beyond any other team. And we we have to, you know, let some of those players go to other teams because they're making too much money. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, so I would, I would hope that they would work something out to keep these players here and keep them around where they can play with each other and, and uh, get better together. Um you know, and I think they definitely deserve the, the big contracts, definitely. I mean, these guys have been playing well with the national team, been playing well here in the MLS, you know, but, I, you know, I also think it's not always the guys that play in the national team, you know, because, you know, like like my case, for instance, you know, Bruce hasn't called me into camp, you know, so because I haven't played in the national team, you know, you're not going to give me a big contract, you know, but, you know, I'm doing well for the teams that I do play for in the MLS, and, I think that's the case for a lot of players. Everybody can't play for the national team, you know, but I think the the MLS plays pay, players to play in the MLS, not to play on the national team. And I think they need to reward the guys that do well for their teams in the MLS. Uh, Daniel, you know you know yourself, uh, when you played in Mexico, you played uh, in full of uh, 30,000, 40,000 people every game. Uh, you, when you left uh, New England, the um, average... Uh, the spectator for the New England was around seventeen, eighteen thousand. It's down to about ten thousand a game. So it's hard. To, uh, I, w- I would like to see all the players getting a certain amount of money, but uh, with a cap, uh, I still believe a cap is necessary in, in soccer. So yeah. it, it wouldn't happen the same thing that happened to the American Soccer League uh, at the time of Beckenbauer's and uh, right. so, so so many other players. 
uh, it's hard to keep up with the high salaries when you have when you play in front of ten thousand people every weekend and week out. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with you. There there definitely has to be a cap. I mean, you can't just go off and just you know pay everybody a million dollars. You can't do that. You know, but at the same time, if you see, if you see those guys making a million dollars, you can't tell me that that there's players on on the Revolution team. You can't tell me there's there's forwards on our team that that are you know ten times worse or, or eight times worse than than Landon Donovan. It should it should be like a level, like you said. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it should be you know close. Okay, you. If he's making a million dollars, I mean, there's, there, I know, you know, Taylor Twellman, I don't have no idea what he makes, but you don't say, okay, well. He, Taylor Twellman and Pat Noonan, they, they, they are almost in the league with, with, with Landon, uh, Landon Donovan. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're up there. I mean, they're players that are, you can compare them with Landon Donovan. And, you okay, well, give them half of what Landon, Landon makes. Okay, and that's, that's a lot of money. That that I agree with you. you know, that's, and that's, I have more or less an idea how much uh, Taylor Twalman makes. Yeah, so uh, I, and it's I, not and even I know close. It's not, I know it's not five hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I think he makes more uh, on the commercials that he made with uh, the company he was doing with business with than uh, probably was making an MLS. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't doubt it, and I, I agree with you. There has to be a cap. You know, but there is a huge, huge difference in between what players make, and and again, yeah, definitely. If there's not people in the stands, you know, it's hard to pay players. Um, you know, but it also, if you don't get a hundred percent out of players, um, you know, you have to give them something to motivate those players. Exactly, exactly. Uh, How has your experience been with the coaching staff of the Revolution? They have uh, such famous former player coaches, and uh, Steve Nickel, who uh, played in the top leagues, and Paul Marin, who played in the top leagues. Uh, do you think those are are, are good coaches to, to have? The, do you think it's good to have coaches that have the experience in the top leagues over in Europe? Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think it's good to have anybody that has experience in any top league. Um, you know, they they know what players have gone through. They've been a player themselves. Um, you know, and uh, especially in a top league like playing in Europe. I mean, you know, I think that's you. That experience itself is is worth you know millions, and um, you know it's kind of hard to you know to to get somebody that's never been a player. You know they might have the biggest de- soccer degrees in the world, you know, but always having somebody that's, ex- that's experienced uh, you know soccer as a player is always I think a plus. And uh, as of right now, I mean you've seen you know what a good job Steve has done and. You know he he knows what the players go through and he kind of can can uh, you know have that relationship with the players that you know he he knows what they go through as well. So uh, coming back, what what is the difference between lifestyles and living in Mexico and living up in New England? Um, well, in Mexico, I don't, I don't know. Um, I I don't think there's a huge difference. I mean, where I was living, it was a you know real calm town, pretty town, and um, you know, it's just, you know, I guess, you know, the major differences would be, you know, the food and stuff like that. But as far as living-wise, there's not really a huge difference. I mean, you see some of the same restaurants and stuff down there, same, some of the same stores. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's a, it's a huge difference, uh, you know, as far as, you know, culture-wise. And, and me being from Texas, it wasn't definitely a, a, a huge difference. But... Uh, being up here in New England, um, you know, it's, 
it's it's definitely you know different, but I don't think it's you know that big of a culture shock at all. Well, we gotta wrap things up here. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us today, and uh, and uh, good luck in your upcoming games with the Revs. And I I hope I hope you have a, enjoy your time here back in New England. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and I hope these fans get back out to the stadium so you know we can try to win this this other championship this year. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. All right, thank you. That was Daniel Hernandez, the new Revolution midfielder, uh, coming back from Nacaxa after playing with the, for the Revs for two years. And uh, I, I think it's really a great pickup. Something the Revs have been lacking is, is depth, as we've seen recently when they've been out without national team players. And he'll really be something that will help in that department. Exactly, uh, because uh, having Daniel Hernandez uh, in the field give him uh, a big depth because he can defend very good and he, he also could be a very good in, in offense. And uh, we missed some of these free kicks from before. He scored some big goals in New England uh, because I know for a fact that he has a very, very good shot and he's very accurate. So uh, Daniel is very welcome in New England because uh, they need uh, one more player like him. And something I want to get back to here uh, before we wrap the show is the Open Cup game on Wednesday. Uh, I know I was talking to you, and I, I was disappointed with the attitude the Reds took into it. That was something that really started their success back in 2001 when they made it to the final, and that year they really took it seriously. But since then, they haven't seemed to be putting in full effort, uh, as shown by the, re- the result on Wednesday. They came out with a, with a lineup that wasn't their best lineup, but I, I thought it still was good enough to win. They were playing a pretty even match. They tied it up. But then at halftime, they subbed out uh, the likes of Taylor Twelman and Shari Joseph, and those were really, really the top players that were playing in the first half. And it really didn't seem like they were trying to win that game. Like I said uh, at the beginning, Sean, uh, when you go into a tournament, don't matter where it is, you want to win, and you always supposed to put your best players there to win. Uh, I don't, I don't care if Steve Nichols will tell me the players are tired. I can you be tired playing Wednesday and Sunday? Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's uh, uh, the way of looking at uh, things. Uh, first of all, you win, and then let's try to get the players back in shape for the next game. Exactly. You saw Kansas City; they played all out, and they ended up winning. And then they ended up coming against the Revs, who were rested, and uh, ended up winning. So. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens with that in the future. But uh, we got to wrap things up now. Thanks for joining us today. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Doing the latest action of the New England Revolution in Major League Soccer. Uh, you can get archives of the show at RevolutionRecap.com, and you can get the latest rev news at AnyRevs.com. Before I go, I'd like to thank Walter Seller for joining me today in studio, and I'd like to thank Scott McPherson for running the boards today. Thanks it's a lot for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here anytime. Thank you. Oh, thank